While you're in high school, you can take college courses, earning college credit now. This is the first step toward doing what you love at the Technical College System of Georgia, with over 22 colleges and 85 campuses. With dual enrollment, save time, save money, and get a jump start on your college experience. The Technical College System of Georgia. Meaningful careers start here. Visit tcsg.edu to learn more. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Good Saturday morning. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the HBCU Report being heard via Spreaker.com and also the Two Live Stews Radio Network. I am Rob Calloway, and we are back and better than ever. Thank you guys for checking out the show the past few weeks. The chat room has been on fire. Uh, don't forget, follow us on social media at HBCU Report. We're on Twitter and Instagram at HBCU Report. Uh, follow our content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, because when we're not here, we're there. And there is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source of sports, black news, political news, and, and the latest on your favorite craft beers for all my beer drinkers out there. Not just my beer drinkers, but my selective beer drinkers. Yeah, selective. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't talk about Coors or, or Bud Light or anything like that on SportsNewsAndBrews.com. Sorry. All right, just had to give that disclaimer. Um, but anyway, I had a great show last week. In case you missed last week's show, we were joined by Cedric Oglesby, former uh, South Carolina State University kicker, also former NFL kicker. Then we had Rich um, uh, Rich Freeman from Morehouse College and Reginald Ruffin from Miles College. Those two teams hooked up. In an SIAC battle last week, Miles upended Morehouse uh, by the score of 27-24. So, shouts out to Coach Reppin on the win, and also shouts out to Morehouse and Coach Freeman on the uh, the fight, because they definitely fought in that game. Uh, a couple other things going on in the world of HBCU sports. Man, did you see HBC, um, I was about to say HBCUs. Did you see HBO's Real Sports this week? Uh, they talked about those money games between uh, these big F- FBS schools and the HBCU uh, football teams. Uh, next week, I think I'm going to focus more on that because I already had everything that I kind of wanted to do this week uh, prior to me seeing real sports. But Billy Joe, the uh, legend, uh, the winner of five consecutive HBCU national championships during his time at FAMU, uh, was on there. And, man, he was dropping some knowledge. Oh, my goodness. It was great. If you have not seen it, please go back and watch it. In preparation, I'm going to do y'all like I do my class. Please go back and watch the video in preparation uh, for next week's show. Man, it was uh, pretty damn good. I, I'll just I'll just say that. It was pretty good. A um, co- po- couple other things. Excuse me. It's early. I'm tripping. Getting my coffee going. A uh, couple other things. Uh, how about the boy Russell Westbrook signing this humongous extension? Uh, the kid's going to be making $500,000 per game. My DeKalb County math serves me right. That's $41 million a year. Unbelievable. And see, this is what I keep telling folks. Steph broke the bank. Now, Russie's breaking the bank. Just wait until Lebanon James breaks the bank. Because when LBJ goes to the bank, the bank is going to bounce. I'm just being real. If you could pay Russie uh, $500,000 a game, I'm thinking that you might be able to pay LeBron a million. I'm just saying. Moving right along. <laughs> Jumping back into the uh, world of HBCU sports. Shouts out to uh, North Carolina Central and that Eagle football team up there. Uh, defeated FAMU Thursday night uh, in a game that now extends their MEAC win streak to 17 straight games. Unbelievable. They play some good football up in North Carolina. Speaking of which, uh, coming up on this week's show, on today's show, we have from North Carolina A&T, the greatest coach, in my opinion, outside of Eddie Robinson. Now, I know I just mentioned Billy Joe, but Coach Rod Broadway has won championships at every single stop. If you don't know about Rod Broadway, Google him. He's on Google. Yes, he is. Dude is a winner. 
And so uh, we'll be talking with Coach Rod Broadway coming up on the other side of the break. Also joining the show today, Coach James Spady, Alabama A&M University. They're celebrating homecoming on the campus up there, Huntsville, Normal, Alabama. Up on the hill, shouts out to my Bulldog fam. I'm a Hornet, but you know, it's the it's the most heated, hated, friendliest rivalry of all times. So happy homecoming to you guys. And then, because there's so much going on in the world, we got Donald Trump and the NFL protest. We've got the, the NCAA arrest, the scandals going on right now in college basketball. So what we will do towards the end of the show is we'll be joined by a great friend of mine, a great mind, a brilliant mind from the HBCU realm. Attorney Robert Patillo will join the show. You've probably seen Patillo on Roland Martin, CNN, Fox News Network, dropping knowledge. And so he'll stop by the HBCU report this morning to drop some knowledge on me, you, you, and even you. Yes. All of that and more coming up on the other side. This is the HBCU report. Again, I'm excited to be with you. Uh, Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. You've been spreading the word. Uh, We've been getting uh, new followers on Instagram, new followers on Twitter, and uh, it's all because of you. So thank you, guys, and thank Doug and Ryan Stewart. This is the HBCU Report, and I am Rob Calloway, and we will be right back after these words. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else childhood hunger 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in america and yet every year billions of pounds of surplus food in the u.s go to waste instead of going to the children in need feeding america is working to change this the feeding america nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the united states including yours but they just can't do this alone join me in the fight against hunger in america For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Follow the HBCU Report on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook. At HBCU Report, this is the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard via Spreaker.com. And now the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Rob Calloway here with you. And uh, we are being joined on the line by a good friend of the show. Talking about Coach Rod Broadway of North Carolina A&T. North Carolina A&T tearing the MEAC up right now. We're actually tearing everybody up right now. Uh, standing at 4-0 on the season. First of all, Coach, welcome back to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having us. Not a problem, man. So uh, you guys have gotten off to one heck of a start, uh, including last week's uh, 49-17 win over Morgan State, a MEAC opponent. Uh, just briefly, uh, talk to us about uh, this year's season so far. Well, it's been um, it's been good so far. You know, we've uh, played well at spots and not so well at other spots and gotten beat up at the couple positions. But overall, we're pleased in the direction we're going. We just need to continue to make improvements and to get better every week. Absolutely. Now, I had the opportunity of seeing you on ESPN a couple weeks a couple weeks ago. I said, oh, look at my good friend over there. Looking real good. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know, everybody, the whole world, I mean, I don't know why they were like it was a secret. Everybody's talking about uh, this young man uh, running back out of uh, out of North Carolina A&T, tearing it up right now in the NFL, talking about Tariq Corn of the Chicago Bears. Uh, how happy are you for this guy right now, Coach? Oh, extremely. Um he, you know, I guess the world has an opportunity to see now what we've been saying for four years, that he's an outstanding player and such a good person. So we're excited for him and uh, proud of him. Yeah, absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Coach Rod Broadway. He is the head football coach of the North Carolina A&T Aggies. The Aggies currently sitting 4-0 and on the season as they prepare for this weekend's matchup versus South Carolina State in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, and, of course, South Carolina State coming off a, a heartbreaker last Thursday night, uh, a game that they thought they had pretty much wrapped up, but uh, an opponent that you know very well, uh, that North Carolina Central Eagles team, uh, came back and did what champions do 
I came back and, and mounted one heck of a, a second-half comeback against South Carolina State. Uh, so when you go head-to-head this weekend against Buddy Pugh's Bulldogs, uh, what can we expect, Coach? Well, my bloodbath, you know, <laughs> two teams that, you know, um, hopefully that has the heart of champions and plays that way. You know, Buddy's team is always good. You know, it's South Carolina State, and we need to play a good game to even have a chance of winning this thing. But So we're excited about it, and, you know, they should be, uh, you know, three undefeated right now. You know, play here, play there, blown assignment here. They played well. They just made some mistakes. It's really cost them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, how you know, it's so much stuff. And, and again, I, I like to always have you on uh, during the season because you, you bring a lot of perspective. A lot of you coaches, you know, uh, bring a lot of perspective to uh, conversations, especially when it, when you talk about uh, just society as a whole. And, um, of course, uh, you know, right now, uh, one of the, the big conversation pieces, Coach, is this whole uh, Donald Trump versus the NFL thing. And we saw a lot of protests. Uh, happened last weekend throughout the NFL. Uh, just as a as a wise man, coach. Just as a wise man, what what are your thoughts on on all this stuff that's going on right now? Well, you know, number one, it, it's sad, actually. You know that we um, fighting fights that we fought fifty years ago, and we got to re back it, uh, step back and revisit and refight some battles that we had previously won. Uh, you know. I, I see there's a lot of anger in this world, and I think a lot of people is mistaking what these guys are doing for the flag and national anthem when it wasn't about that. It was about young black men being innocently killed, shot in the back or whatever, whatever, whatever. That was what we were standing for. And uh, to put it on the flag, I think, is disappointing and embarrassing because that's not what the movement was about. And, you know, as we, the black men, you know, my guys are the ones that's getting shot, you know. So we need to, you know, be able to take a stand and hopefully get the word out that we, too, uh, would like to see a change in a positive way for young black men in America. The message, the message was so powerful originally, you know, and, and it's like now I, – you know, I think it's kind of gotten watered down and, and the debate has turned into some things that it really shouldn't be about. You got some people arguing with each other, uh, really, because they don't understand the message as a whole. And so, uh, you know, but but it well, is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just saying, and, you know, I just think that uh, there needs to be more dialogue. So so everybody uh, can have a better understanding about what this is about, what the you know what this conversation piece is about, and it's not just a fad like the ice bucket challenge or something like that. You know, people just taking pictures, you know, kneeling. I mean, we can't we can't let that take over. Well, I read a thing on um, online the other day, and I think it put everything in perspective. He said, and it said something like, "If we think this protest is about the flag." And the national anthem, that's the same as saying that Rosa Park was against public transportation. So we're losing sight of what the battle is actually all about. And, you know, it, it, it may be a tough conversation, but one thing that I, I think I understand is that, you know, we both can look at the same thing and see something totally different. And our upbringing, our communities uh, may be a little bit different from their communities and their upbringing, so they may see things different from us. So it's obviously that we all need to sit down with an open heart and open mind and discuss these things and hopefully make it better for these young guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Now, uh, a couple other things I want to talk to you about before uh, before I let you go. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, the, the, the news came out about uh, Aaron Hernandez and the fact that uh, his the his case of CTE was the worst that they've seen it in, um, in anybody his age. Um, what are some of the things, Coach? Like uh, you know, you've been coaching you know for a minute now, and what are some of the things that that you see uh, in place now uh, uh, that that weren't there just maybe four or five years ago uh, in order to, to actually keep these players safe? Well, you know we. Actually, I think the NCAA is doing a decent job of trying to help, you know, cutting back on tour days, uh, number of hours you have with these guys and so forth and so on. One of the things that we've done is that we never wear full pads. Once the season starts, we're never out in full pads, and we do 
absolutely no live stuff during this season other than on Saturday. So we try to get our games to we try to get our guys to the game, and we don't want to beat them up. You know, in practice, we just want to teach them how to play and teach them basic fundamentals and let them go play on Saturday. But we probably eliminate most of the hidden uh, during practice. And one of the things that I've always said was this, and most football players have heard this at one time or another in their lives, that this game is 90% mental. But I had a hard time as a football coach understanding if the game is 90% mental, why do we spend 95% of the time working on the physical part of it? Mm. So we work quite a bit of the time on the mental part of the game. Yeah, and you know what? And a lot of times, I guess if you work on that aspect, you know, the whiteboard aspect, uh, looking at film and all that stuff, that actually makes you a smarter team, a more prepared team. I mean, because you can, I guess you can lift all the weights and do all the stuff on the field, repetition over and over and over again. But the end result is, you know, if you don't study that playbook or if you don't know, you know, if you don't know how to read this defense or, you know, I, I, I I, I, I guess I'm I'm in your corner. I guess that's what I'm saying is that I totally understand that. Yeah, and the other thing too is you know the body only has so many hits that it can take. Right. And we try to eliminate as many of those as we can for uh, you know for the players and try to keep our guys up. One of the things I tell our coaches every week: get them to the game. They don't need to prove to me that they're tough during the course of the week. You know, my chances improve of us winning if our good players are there on Saturday. So let's don't beat them up in practice. Yeah, and that, that needs to be the uh, the recipe for a lot of a lot of these coaches. Really starting at the high school level because I mean, I you see a lot of stuff and you're like, oh my god, these kids gonna be dead before the, the before they even get to yeah. Friday. You know what? And it's scary too because I have grandsons, man, and. To see how some of these guys coach and what they coach and what they put emphasis on, is uh, it's amazing to me that more kids are not in uh, getting hurt, especially when you got guys that, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to anybody, but guys just coming off the street with no training, trying to coach eight-year-olds. I think that's totally unfair but to those eight-year-old kids trying to play tackle football, and you know they're trying to prove how tough they are. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Uh, this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Coach Rod Brightway. He is the head football coach of the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Uh, the Aggies in action uh, versus South Carolina State University uh, in Orangeburg. And so uh, before I let you go, Coach, uh, you've given us so much great uh, information and, and so much great perspective. I just have to ask you this. Uh, you, we just lost the late great. Well, he is late great now. Hugh Hefner. Any thoughts on Hugh, Coach? Yeah, that was my running partner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I have no. I don't. Um, I just saw on the internet this morning where he passed, and you know, God bless his family. And those were some great articles, right, Coach? Great articles. <laughs> I, yeah, back in the day, I guess. <laughs> Boy, you something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. He is Coach Rod Broadway, head coach of the North Carolina Anti Aggies, in action this weekend versus South Carolina State. Uh, with a, I said 8 o'clock. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff from Orangeburg. Uh, so, Coach, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you later in the season, okay? My pleasure, brother. All right, always great stuff from Coach Rod Broadway. Really appreciate him for joining the show this morning. Um, James Fady, the head football coach of the Alabama A&M Bulldogs, joins us on the other side of the break. It is homecoming on the campus of Alabama A&M, or up on the hill as they call it. So we will talk with Coach Fady coming up next. This is the HBCU Report. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at HBCU Report. And don't forget to check out our content partners, sportsnewsandbrews.com. When we're not here, we're there. And there is sportsnewsandbrews.com. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037, so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave 2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey. 
Let's just hope Steve 2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. HBCU sports fans who finally have a voice. The HBCU experience lives here. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard via Spreaker.com. And now the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Another Saturday morning. Oh, man, thank you guys for tuning in to the show, however you may be listening. Now, for all my folks, all my Bulldogs, it is homecoming on the campus of Alabama A&M University, up on the hill, as they call it. Hmm. But uh, anyway, right now, I'm being joined on the line by a good friend of the show, Coach James Spady. He is the head football coach of those Alabama A&M Bulldogs. First of all, Coach, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, Rob. But I don't know what was that shade that you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know this shade. You know this shade all the way. You know this is. You know this is shade all the way from the mean streets of Montgomery, Alabama, brother. <laughs> so how you doing, yeah, haters man? Go hate, brother. Haters you're right. Haters hate. go hate. Yeah, say what you say. Say whatever you want to say. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Oh man, I can't complain, man. Good to have you back on the line, man. Always um always always a pleasure talking to you. So uh, let's talk about this season. Got off to not a favorable start, but but the one thing I will say is that the opponents that you guys took on the first three weeks, oh my God, I don't like I don't know too many swag teams that would have been ready for uh Alabama, Birmingham, Vanderbilt, and uh a South Alabama back to back to back. That that's a whole lot. Um, so, um, how has this prepared you guys uh, for SWAC play? Uh, there's, there were two ways that I was looking at that, um, you know, during the preseason. Number one, you know, just the idea that that playing that kind of competition could have you battle tested. I mean, you know, if you if you can navigate that part of your season, you know, your team is pretty well tested by the time you get through that three game mm-hmm. stretch, and that was a that was the positive spin. That's the way we looked at it going in, and we tried to make sure our kids understood we got to play well, and, you know, you got to go out and compete no matter who you're playing. And, uh, you know, hopefully on the back end of that, you feel pretty well battle-tested. The other thing that I was looking at, maybe a a more negative outlook, was, you know, you got to stay injury-free as much as you can because, you know, a schedule like that can tax you physically. And if it tax if it tax you physically, you know it could ruin any chance you have to be competitive, you know, in your conference schedule. And so, uh, you know, by the grace of God, I think we got through that thing, you know, fairly healthy. We have some we have some guys that are nicked up and things like that, but uh, you know, we've been able to you know, next man up kind of mentality, and we've been able to to work our way through it. So, um, hopefully, it's going to be a benefit to us. Absolutely. Well, you all opened up SWAC play last weekend with a, a 30-13 victory over Texas Southern. I heard they brought that band down uh, to Huntsville with them. Uh, so I'm sure it was a treat for all the band fans out there between the the, the March, uh, MMW, the March of Maroon and White, and the Ocean of Soul, I'm sure, that everybody got their, got their fix. They did. It was a, a Friday night before the game. They had a little battle of the bands. Oh, they did. Stadium. And, yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a, a pretty nice turnout um, just to watch those guys go after, after each other. And two pretty good bands. It, it was it was entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, this weekend, you got a big one uh, against uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, a team that, in my opinion, they've really been turning this thing around under uh, uh, Coach Coleman. And uh, things seem to be on the upswing for, for Arkansas Pine Bluff, a team that uh, usually is a forgotten in the conference. Uh, when you look at look at this team on tape, uh, what are some of the things that you see compared to your Bulldog squad? Well, a lot of respect is due to UAPB. They're, they're a, like I, like you just said, an up and comer, so to speak. Um, and I mean that with all due respect. Uh, tremendous amount of respect for Coach Coleman. He, he's he's put together, you know, what is a, a fairly young football team. They they've assembled some talent, and you watch them on film, and and they're able football team you know they're riding high right now they got they had a big win it was a statement win um for them the other day and, and uh last weekend and um you know that's that's gonna help them in terms of their level of confidence going into this weekend so you know we better be ready to match that intensity or exceed it 
and uh, and and have a, in order to have a chance to come away with a win. Oh yeah, and that's what it's all about. Trying to, I mean, because it's homecoming, and you know you want that win on homecoming. It's nothing. It's only, I guess, it's only two games that really matter, right? And that's homecoming in the classic. I mean, because that's how it is about the state. I mean, let's 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 be honest. That's what our folks look for. I, you know, the bulldog faithful. They they want us to beat the. They want us to win homecoming. They want us to win the classic. They'd love for us to go to a championship, but you know, those are the real important things. And you know what? For I'm a football coach, and for me, I understand what their feelings are. But for me, every game is is a classic or a homecoming. Mm-hmm. It's, they're all very important, especially when you're trying to compete for a conference championship, which is our goal. Um, you know, I want to win every one of them, and this is just the next one up. It, it happens to be pretty important because it is homecoming. You're right about that. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Callaway on the line with James Spady. He is the head football coach of the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. They are in action this weekend versus the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It is homecoming on the campus of Alabama A&M, or up on the hill, as they say. Uh, so, yeah, so it's going to be a well, good time. I've been to homecoming now, Coach. I know it's a great time up there, so I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. – I'm not trying to poo-poo on homecoming now. Cause this is, uh, well, good. Uh, oh, no. Nah. Yeah, that's disrespectful. <laughs> no, <laughs> no man. We, we, do, we, have a, we have a very good uh, homecoming game day atmosphere. Uh, it's really nice because, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a college football purist. Uh, I, I enjoy the tradition and the spectacle and the, and the pageantry of college football, and, and this is second to none as far as I'm concerned. Of course, I'm biased. But it's second to none as far as I'm concerned, and, and uh, it's always a good time. Yeah, you're right about that. Like I said, I, I cannot hate on it. it is, I, I've always had a great time. Um, yeah. But but moving forward, uh, you mentioned wanting to compete for a SWAC championship. Now, we know that this is this will be the final year of uh, the SWAC football championship. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I, originally I was, you know, I, I was – completely opposed uh you know i just i didn't have the facts and then when i was when i was armed with the facts i I realized that that uh there's really only you know really one viable option for us in terms of going forward now there's some things that we're gonna have to work out as a conference you know um playing a full conference schedule again maybe that's something that's on the table i'm not sure um but you know there's some things like that that we have to work out but uh, to, to throw our support and our, and our uh, you know, our collective work behind the Celebration Bowl, it, it allows us in the MEAC to set ourselves apart from other FCS conferences. Um, you know, who else in FCS is going to be playing in a bowl game? And then if, 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 if you're lucky, as an HBCU, you might get a playoff game right. against Monk or, you know, somebody. North Dakota. You, know, you have to go. <laughs> Right, you have to go on the road. And so, you know, I've always been of a mindset that, you know what, we should take our ball and go play somewhere else, and and figuratively speaking. Right. And so for us to be involved in, in what could be, you know, something that, that's a, a, a trailblazer kind of event for, for FCS football, you know, I, I'm behind it 100%. And, and if the SWAC championship game has to go away for us to make that, you know something that that the the FCS Rose Bowl, so to speak, and I'm you know, just kind of uh, trying to whack a little bit. But oh no, because uh, it is because because it'll be in that Mercedes Benz Stadium. Hey, it yeah. is, yeah. And if and if that game has to go away for us to make it that way, then you know I'm I'm in support of that because again, you know I'll go into homes and try to sell you know recruiting uh, to to kids and, and their families, and then you have something that. You know, other folks can't point to as as a benefit at the end of the year. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to us going forward with, you know, trying to make the celebration both something that's supposed to be very special for both conferences. Well, you know, my my only thing is is that I see um, the the log jam that ends up happening in the MEAC from time to time with them not having the championship game, and then you might end up with Central, uh, South Carolina State. Uh, North Carolina A&T, Bethune, Cookman, like in one year you ended up with all four of those teams with a share of the conference. And then you had to well, that, go ahead. Yeah, I, and I recognize that that could be a, a, a potential, uh, but that's something that we have to work out as as, as a conference, you know, and, and try to avoid being in that position 
um, by making sure our tiebreakers are solid, uh, making sure that we have the the mathematics, mm-hmm. you know, in order, so that so that we're not having five or four or five teams tied for a championship and and then you know can't figure out who who gets the the bid. Um, we've got to do our homework and make sure we're on top of that, so uh, you know that doesn't happen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, you got to get the man. That's the one thing that I will say about the MEAC is that they figured it out. Uh, and, but, see, last year it was so easy because it just came down to who was going to win, Central versus A&T, yeah. and Central ended up pulling it out. So, uh, last That's year – the other thing, too. I mean, you get a chance to win it on the field. I mean, yeah. you know, and that that could solve all the problems. If, if the winner of the conference would just beat everybody – <laughs> then you don't have to worry about it. There's no issue. Right. <laughs> You're right about that. Now, uh, this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with James Spady, head football coach of the Alabama A&M University Bulldogs in action uh, this weekend versus the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It is homecoming on the campus of Alabama A&M. And so uh, always, uh, always a good time up there on the hill. Uh, now, Coach, something else I want to talk to you about briefly. Um, last weekend, we had uh, the NFL making making their own statement, if you will, uh, and taking well, a why knee. Did I, why did I know you were going to go? Well, because, Coach, <laughs> you know you always give me – and to see now, see, I talked to Coach Broadway already, and and that's what I was telling Coach. Like, you all bring so much perspective, you know, to the conversation, far more than I could bring. So so I have to ask because, you know, you all are generals of, of young men. You all are the gatekeepers, so to speak. So I know you got to have a thought about it. I do. I haven't thought about it. I mean, you know, for me, first of all, we live in a we live in a country that that provides us with freedoms. Uh, I'm a I'm a military brat. My father was in the Air Force for 38 years, and he did he did do time in uh, Vietnam. You know, long before I was born. But anyway, um, you know, he fought for our freedom, and, and he'd have been the first one if he rested. So he'd have been one of the first ones to tell you that um, I fought so that you could protest the way you see fit. And and uh, so I support that. If, if a person wants to peacefully dissent, I think it's your right as an American citizen to peacefully dissent. I, I've seen other uh, leaders who, who just t- who took a knee, who decided that, um, you know, this is not right and I've got to make a stand. And so I, I totally believe in that. I totally support that. I was fortunate enough to coach Colin Kaepernick when I was at uh, Nevada, I wasn't the quarterback coach, but I was on staff there. And I know him personally. He, he is the salt of the earth. He's a, a wonderful human being. And I can tell you that none of that, kicking the knee or anything like that, was disrespect for our flag, our country, or our Pledge of Allegiance, or, or anything like that. He was taking a knee in peaceful dissent. And and I because of something that he felt really strongly about, and I absolutely feel the same way. I think that uh, we live in a country that should protect everybody's rights, and and if I disagree with that, then I should have the right to say something. And um, so that that's my thing. Uh, I personally might not have taken a knee. Uh, maybe I'd have stayed in the locker room while the national anthem was going on. But it, he made a statement. I support that, and I think that somewhere down the road. Uh, the conversation is going to turn to what's important, and that is protecting everybody, uh, whether they're black, white, brown, polka dot. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, man, so we got some news this week, Coach, some pretty sad news for some that the original playboy Hugh Hefner died at the age of 91. So I have to ask, uh, have there been some sad days in the, the Speedy Man Cave this weekend? Are your playboys flying at half staff? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I rest in peace. He 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 lived a, a, a heck of a life, man. It was ninety one when he died, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, now we uh, say rest we, in peace. now we say women to stress us to death, but see, Hugh had a whole other outlook on it. So you just you keep them for three or four years, and then you just get a new one. You just re- get a new one and make sure they're twenty. Hey, I am I am not gonna co-sign that. Now, my wife might be listening. So I'm not co-signing that. No, oh, it's, all, it is all good, man. <laughs> it's all good, Coach. Well, anyway, man, we wish you uh, wish you guys nothing but the best of luck uh, this weekend versus uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, again, it's homecoming, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. And I got a special message from Alabama State. They said, um, please help Coach Jenkins. <laughs>
Whoa, whoa, I'm not messing with that one either. Hey, listen, Rod, thank you for the talk, man. <laughs> oh, look at you. Look at you just skirting around. I knew you do that. It's all good. It's all in the spirit of it. But <laughs> but we in some trouble down there, though. We in some trouble look like. But, um, yeah, man, so uh, we will talk to you in three weeks as we get ready for for the Magic City Classic. So, um, right, well, so Thank you so much, man. It was great talking to you. Oh, always, man. Always. And, uh, again, look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. All right? Okay. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard via the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Rob Calloway here with you. Uh, welcome to another Saturday edition of the show. Thank you guys for tuning in, however you may be listening. Uh, of course, uh, one of the biggest sports stories, not HBCU really, uh, but of course we tackled it all right here on the HBCU Report, was the whole Donald Trump thing that happened last Thursday. And we briefly talked about it uh, last Saturday, but we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And we saw a lot of uh, protests from the, the NFL team. Some teams decided not to come out on the field and take a knee. Some teams took a knee before the anthem, then stood Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but, you know, we saw a lot of things. And so uh, right now we're being joined by uh, one of the, the great minds in the legal world uh, talking about Robert Patillo. You've seen him on CNN. You've seen him on, on Fox News Network. You can catch him uh, Sundays from 1 to 4 on News and Talk 1380 WAOK. People, Passion, and Politics is the show. Uh, Robert Patillo joins us. First of all, Attorney Patillo, thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, anytime, Rod. You know, you always got me. All right, man. So, uh, Donald Trump, NFL. Uh, g- just give me give me your thoughts on this from, from a legal standpoint. All right, well, well, there's two problems to it. One is what Trump was doing, and then two is what the protests were supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Trump knew, yeah, Trump knew that he had a rough week coming up where health care was going to fail, his endorsed candidate for Senate was going to fail, and then he had other things coming out on the Russian investigation. What he has found is how to distract people from all those things by throwing out a, a social issue. If you remember the last time there was a health care vote on the skinny repeal, the day before Donald Trump was banning transgenders from the military, so everybody would concentrate on transgenders instead of concentrating on the fail of the health care repeal. So that's the reason Donald Trump did this. People try to treat, treat him like a crazy person, but he knows exactly what he's doing. He's been in media for 40 years and he knows how to control the news cycle so by launching this attack right before the health care vote he distracted the whole country from the health care vote for a week which was a brilliant strategy frankly but something that we shouldn't have fell for again with regards to the protests themselves what we are seeing is a whole lot of empty activism uh and that you know no one believes that jerry jones all of a sudden cares about police brutality against african-americans um, so when these players and these teams are coming out, they're calling them shows of unity, but unity around what? What are you un- unifying a- around? Are you unifying around the team, around the players? No one is coming forward with a clear agenda on how to actually fix the problem of African Americans getting shot by the police. Uh, we've even seen people in the Congressional Black Caucus, the different state legislatures and city councils around the country, quote-unquote, taking the knee, but none of them are going inside the building where they're taking a knee and suggesting new laws that will protect individuals from being killed by police, which was the entire point of the protest in the first place. So I think the concept and idea of what we're protesting for the most part been lost 
um, in the outrage and hysteria around the the, uh, the taking the knee uh, protest itself. Uh, you know, I was saying that it's almost like the ice bucket challenge. I mean, because you start seeing people taking yeah. pictures and posting pictures on social media with the hashtag take a knee and um, and you're right. I mean, do you think that that this message can can uh, the the real message? Do you think it can be brought back into the forefront? Or is it going to take Colin Kaepernick to actually, you know, come forward and, and, and say some things or or is it over? Is it just like commercialized well, well, now? Well, we got we have a very small amount of time left to try to weaponize this protest. Uh, it's become the new dab for this year. It's become the new oh, Macarena. That oh, no. Whenever, you know, Hillary. Hillary Clinton was talking about taking the knee the other day. Whenever you have 70-year-old white ladies start doing something that was created by black people in their 20s, that's usually when it's about to be out of style. But she is Bill Clinton's uh, wife. The- she is Bill Clinton's wife, for God's sake, so she might know a little something about that. But that's another story. <laughs> I was going to make a Monica joke, but I'm just going to leave that one on the table. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what I think is important is it's not the athlete's job to set public policy. The athlete, the entertainer, their job is to bring visibility, to bring uh, dramatization to the public policy aspect of it. It's the political leadership, the academic leadership, the civil rights leadership. It's their job to set the public policy parts of it. When James Brown says, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, he wasn't going to Congress to write the Civil Rights Bill in 1964. He was just bringing the attention to it. What we've confused now is we've we've conflated the people who uh, who are the public side of the issue for the people who are the policy side of the issue, and because of that, we don't get anywhere on policy issues. If you notice, when uh, when Donald Trump decided to uh, to repeal DACA to not allow the Dreamers to stay in the United States, what you saw was Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic leadership, run over to the White House and they cut a deal with Trump within a day. And then it was just the law by the end of the week because they had a clear public policy initiative that they were trying to achieve, and they were willing to make sacrifices and compromises to achieve it. So when you say you support something, that's what legislative supporting something is. That's what an actual legislative agenda is. You go with a clear set of of, uh, goals. Then you use the public pressure to pressure those in power to compromise and bend to those goals. We're missing that second part of it. We're missing that policy side of it. So it's just a um, the majority in this country can treat it almost like a tantrum where, well, the people out there, they're angry. They're throwing a tantrum. Uh, but let's just wait for the next Cardi B song to drop, and they'll forget all about it, and they'll go back home. And that's the way they're treating it right now. So until our political leadership steps up, we're not going to have any actual uh, progress on it. So it's not the job of the athletes to come forward and say, well, I've written this 150-page treatise on what needs to happen regarding police brutality. It's the political, academic, civil rights leadership's job to step up and actually offer solutions. Wow. Wow. You're absolutely right. This is the HBCU Report being heard via the Two Live Stews radio network. Rob Calloway being joined by attorney Robert Vitillo. People, Passion, and Politics is the show. You can catch him uh, Sunday afternoons worldwide uh, via uh, the radio.com app. Also, 1380 com, 1 to 4 p.m. Um, on Sundays. Uh, okay, so while, while we're talking about Donald Trump, I got to ask you, because I haven't talked to you about anything of any substance, because I have talked to you, but it hasn't been of any substance. Um, what are your thoughts on this? This whole H, the the presidents of the HBCUs going to get with Donald Trump uh, some months ago, and we've never heard anything else about it. There's no initiatives being passed. I mean, what's going on? Blame the Congressional Black Caucus for that. The Congressional Black Caucus is supposed to be our leadership in uh, in the Congress, fighting for our issues. The presidents of the HBCUs met with President Trump. They met with Omarosa, who was, who was his liaison. President Trump recently appointed a new uh, director of his HBCU initiatives. The backstop to that is they did their part. So now, same thing with the cabinet protests. You have to have the political leadership in place to cut the deals needed to get the funding to the HBCUs. Remember, President Obama did nothing for HBCUs. He was probably one of the worst presidents for HBCUs in the, uh, uh, that we've had in now the last well, you years. Know, now, you know they don't want to hear that, Patillo. You know they don't want to hear that. I, I, well, look, you can, you can look up the letters that HBCUs presidents 
wrote to President Obama requesting additional funding um, and that he wouldn't send. He he asked them to demonstrate their value to him. He did not understand HBCU uh, culture, HBCU uh, value. He just saw us as more community colleges. And when he gave money to community colleges, he didn't give it to HBCUs. So it's the job of our legislative leaders um, to get in there, negotiate, cut a deal, uh, per se, because no one's going to give you anything if you're not offering anything in return. Um, the government, the president, they're not a charity. They're not just handing out money because it's a nice thing to do. You have to get in there and negotiate. What we have now is leadership, uh, legislative leadership, that just wants to do press conferences. Remember, Dr. King called the drum major complex. You want to be out front mm-hmm. holding the bullhorn, doing the press conferences, people taking pictures of you looking like you're leading. But Everyone wants to do that. That's the fun part. That's the easy part. The hard part is to get it, get in there and say, well, if we have an omnibus spending bill and you want to raise the debt ceiling and also have funding for hurricane relief, then you're also trying to pass a health care bill and tax cuts. Well, you can. we have 50, or 50 votes in Congress and the Senate. We'll get you those 50 votes if you include XYZ HBCU funding as a as in uh, and also criminal justice reform and also fair housing issues in it. That's cutting a deal. Instead of having that, we've got Maxine Waters and Al Green yelling about they're going to impeach the president and they don't have enough votes to make a peach pie. So it doesn't make any sense what our leadership is doing. They're not leading. They're just being reactionary. They're a publicity force as opposed to an actual force to create opportunity for HBCUs and for our communities. Well, yeah, because Max ain't too busy trying to reclaim her time. That's you know that's what she doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, when, when I hear people say that when she says she's going to reclaim her time, she hasn't passed a bill since I think 2010. So, how much more time do you need to reclaim if you haven't passed a law in seven years? Like, can, can the voters reclaim their time from you? Right, right. This is the HBCU report. Rob Calloway on the line with attorney Robert Patillo. Uh, just uh, talking a little legal stuff, sports stuff. You know, it all goes hand in hand these days. Uh, shouts out to uh, Dennis Schroeder, Atlanta Hawks point guard. Hey, man. Whew. Uh, people, passion, and politics. 1 to 4 p.m. is the show. 1380 com. Check him out. Um, and Finally, I got to ask you about this, Rob, before I let you go. Um, this week, we had um, 10 people arrested. We had some assistant coaches. We had some shoe executives Uh, and several other people, recruiters, uh, arrested uh, in connection with this grand scheme uh, in the NCAA where they were funneling money to to recruit families. And uh, this thing is is getting bigger by the day. Uh, So uh, what what is your opinion on this, and and where do you see this thing going? Well, it's only going to get bigger. Any of us who have ever worked with – highly recruited college athletes or uh, professional athletes, if you go to the bar after the meeting and talk to them, they will all tell you about the stories of how they were getting recruited. Their mama got a car. Their uh, cousin got to go to college also. They got money, so on and so forth. So this, this is an open secret that highly started to recruit. Don't just pick the school based off of the you know, the library program or based off of the, the, camp, the campus atmosphere. That Clearly, there's more things to go into this. And I think this is only going to expand because as more people get arrested, more people are going to start snitching, which is going to start expanding the probe out further. So we're going to see federal racketeering charges. We're going to see uh, federal charges for various individuals who are connected with this. Um, And frankly, I think this is going to finally put a hole in that whole concept, that fake concept we have of the student athlete or amateur athletes. These are these are paid entertainers for the school. That's what they are. Their primary job is to provide entertainment services with the school revenue. Their secondary or maybe even tertiary job is to be an actual student. Uh, this may be the final uh, the final nail to get athletes paid for their time on campuses, reform to practice schedules, reform to travel schedules, to make sure these students are actually learning while they're at high-rated universities and not just being used as cash crops. We, I, I think most of us have the story where Someone from our hometown went to a, a large university, um, and they couldn't read when they got there. They played till they blew up their knee, and then they sent them back home still not able to read. Absolutely. Let's make sure that our student athletes aren't just being uh, a pipeline to um, to keep the other school programs open. Even if the football and basketball team are eighty or ninety percent black, normally the rest of the university might be twenty or thirty percent black. So you're using free black labor 
to bring in billions of dollars to keep the rest of the school's programs running. That I, I don't think anybody thinks that system is being fair. And then maybe one or two people out of that school will end up going pro and making millions of dollars. The rest of them just end up back home with head injuries. So we, we have to make sure that we're protecting these athletes and changing the culture of the, of the NCAA, not just seeing these students as being a cash crop. And there it is. That's why he joined the show, bringing perspective to the conversation. People, Passion, Politics is the show. You can hear him Sundays from 1 to 4, 1380 WAOK in Atlanta and WAOK.com. Robert Patillo, Attorney Robert Patillo, Reverend Dr. Robert (laughs) Patillo. You know I had to get that in there, Rob. Um, That's our little inside joke. But... um. Thank you for joining me, brother. And uh, you know, I appreciate everything that you, you do in the community and everything that you that you do on Roland Martin. I see you uh, smacking back, clapping back on Fox News. You know the, the perspective you bring on CNN. You know we really appreciate it, and it always makes me feel good because I know you personally. So uh, you know it's always good when you see somebody you know doing pretty well, man. So thank you. Uh, thanks. You know, anytime you're my day one, so I'm always here for you. Absolutely, man. Robert Patillo, HBCU Report. We'll be right back after these words. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. From Clark Atlanta to Morehouse to Spelman. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. All right, this is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway putting a wrap on this week's show. I'd like to thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, in case you missed us, you can always go back via Spreaker.com and relive each and every moment of this week's show. Uh, you can check us out via the Two Life Studios Radio Network, or you can check us out via the HBCU Report and Spreaker. We're also available on the TuneIn Radio app and iHeartRadio, Google Play Music for Android and iTunes. So you can always relive any moment of the HBCU Report, even going back uh, to previous seasons. So uh, I'd like to thank this week's guest, uh, Rod Broadway, James Spady, and attorney Robert Patillo. And, of course, I'd like to thank you because without you, the listener, there would be no HBCU report. So until next week, I want you guys to go out and have a great weekend. And please enjoy some of this great football action. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is amazing. Seasons may change, but the reaction to the incredible Great Smoky Mountain views from Pigeon Forge have stayed the same. Whether experiencing new attractions for the first time, like Dollywood's new Dropline ride, or finding new favorites like the Titanic Museum, dozens of shows, the Big Wheel, and more, you'll make memories and see scenic mountain beauty that you'll cherish for years to come. Visit MyPigeonForge.com now to plan your trip.